0: The U.S. Supreme Court is ready to weigh free speech against government censorship. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Well, Liberty Council, we filed an amicus brief to the U.S. Supreme Court in Murphy versus Missouri, a case that centers around whether the Biden administration illegally colluded with big tech companies to censor and suppress constitutionally protected viewpoints of Americans on social media platforms. In our brief, Liberty Council argues that the biggest threat to our First Amendment is the right to free speech that is censored by the government and these big tech companies working together. And in fact, if the government is prohibited from censoring speech directly by the constitutional provisions under the First Amendment, the government cannot sidestep Mm -hmm. that restriction and try to do the same thing through third parties. And that's, in fact, what the government has been doing in this situation.
1: Right, and we saw that clearly happen the censorship that involved dealing with, for example, opposition to the government's narrative about COVID-19, whether it's the shot, the virus, the masks, the lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera, the validity of the 2020 election, whether it was stolen or not, the Hunter Biden laptop story. You know, they've been working so hard to try to avoid that, cover it up, even though the evidence is very clear, and so much more.
0: So this begins actually before Joe Biden takes office. So you have it embedded in the deep state. And it, then it accelerates after he swears the oath in January of mm-hmm. 2021. So during the heat of the election cycle, talk about election interference.
1: Oh, um, yeah,
0: We had our own government interfering with our own elections, trying to tip the scale to Biden away from Trump.
1: And cover the truth that actually Biden did not get all those votes.
0: (laughs) Right. And so there's two things that are happening here. Before you even get to the election, you had the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mm -hmm. So that's before the election even occurred. And the Hunter Biden laptop story, if you remember in 2020— started to break that Hunter Biden had this laptop, remember, that he left.
1: Carelessly left. Yeah. At the computer store. And had all this
0: information that now had come to light because the computer store turned it over to authorities. Right. And they looked at the laptop and found all this incriminating evidence against Hunter Biden that would also implicate, directly or indirectly, Joe Biden himself and the entire Biden family with respect to working with foreign governments and Ukraine and some of these other things. Receiving in which,
1: millions of dollars from these countries. Yeah,
0: which they were receiving millions and millions of dollars because of the position that Biden held as vice president under and with President Barack Obama.
1: Right, and the email showed that Hunter had to give a percentage to the, quote, big guy who was Joe Biden. Who's
0: Joe Biden. So that would have been a big explosive news story in 2020. And irrespective of all the other things that happened with regards to the 2020 election, certainly that would have affected people's votes.
1: But the sad part, too, is that the media, it's not just the government, Matt, but it's the media has been the mouthpiece of all this to repress the truth and put out this narrative
0: well, there's, it's not just social media, but right now this particular case involves social media. So what the government did, what the FBI did, is they went to these different media sources, particularly social media, and they implanted a lie. They said the Hunter Biden laptop story is a plant from Russia to try to improperly influence our elections. So in other words, Russia made it all up. This is not true. And in fact, this is just designed to throw the election. And consequently, uh, you shouldn't publish it because you would be promoting Russia's interference with our election process. And
1: they blamed President Trump for colluding with Russia.
0: Yeah, they they said Trump was colluding with Russia. And this whole thing was part of it. And so don't You know, publish a lie. So they did it not only to social media, but to other media outlets as well. So when they had this big breaking news, what'd they do? They didn't talk about it. And what'd they do if somebody then wanted to post, for example, on social media? They took down your post or they shadow banned you so that nobody would be able to read your message. Right. So the truth of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Didn't get out. It was totally suppressed.
1: But the evidence is there on that laptop, the horrendous videos and, and all the emails and, and et cetera, et cetera, that people have actually seen, which is shocking, but it's there. So the now is there. the
0: 2020 election happens and uh, Biden gets sworn into office and there's all this controversy about uh, the electronic voting, the mail-in ballots, the people that were mailing in or dropping off more ballots, the mules, all those different things about Mm -hmm. election fraud or potential election fraud. People were up in arms about it. They were talking about it. So what did the administration do? They went back to the social media companies and they said, censor that. They not only told them to censor it, they threatened that there would be legal action potentially against them if they did not exercise more censorship of these different topics and that they would even push for sanctions against them. They would persistently call uh, these social media companies. They would demand that a specific person's post would be taken down, Mm -hmm. and they wanted it done right away. Right. And they continued to do that. Then you have COVID lockdowns, and you had the COVID restrictions on churches and places of worship and businesses, and people that protested that. They wanted that suppressed. And then you had the COVID mandates. And the Biden administration pressured social media to censor that as well.
1: Well, you know, in July 2023, U.S. District Judge Terry Doughty determined... Quote, the alleged suppression has potentially resulted in millions of free speech violations,
0: unquote. He
1: then issued an order limiting communications between the government and the social media companies. Thus, this case begins.
0: Yeah, so this case then went up to the Court of Appeals. Uh, the Court of Appeals largely upheld the judge's order, noting that the government's conduct was a, quote, coordinated campaign that uh, jeopardized free speech as a fundamental aspect of American life. Uh, Biden is no longer a named defendant uh, because the Fifth Circuit did not uphold the order against Biden himself, but it was the various agencies uh, that are. So the defendants now consist of the U.S. Surgeon General, uh, Vivek Murthy, the White House Press Secretary, Uh, And dozens of other Biden administration officials from the White House, the FBI, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC.
1: You know, this case could really be an earth shaker. And I just pray, and we follow Mika's brief, of course, as you said earlier, I just pray the truth is revealed and the court rule appropriately.
0: Yes. So what we did in this case is we filed an amicus brief, and we not only talked about the unconstitutionality of the government working through third parties, third-party private entities to do what it cannot do directly. It's unconstitutional. But then we also said this is a growing problem, not only in America, but internationally with increased government censorship. The brief that we filed cites plenty of examples, such as how India, and Turkey have seized power to remove social media content, how the German parliament and the Brazil Supreme Court have criminalized certain political speech, and how actual or proposed laws such as Ireland's hate speech bill, Scotland's hate crime act, the United Kingdom's online safety bill, and Australia's misinformation bill threatened to chill speech. In addition, the World Health Organization Initiative quote, combating misinformation online, close quote, defines an infodemic as, quote, too much information and publicly states that it works with big tech companies to remain one step ahead of content it deems as misinformation so it does not proliferate. Have you ever heard of that infodemic?
1: It, is that really too much information or too much truth that they don't want it's to deal with? It's
0: too much information <laughs> that they don't like. They don't want so to deal with the truth. So always going to be truth <laughs> that they don't like. Yes. So if you get too much information, so for example, regarding the COVID shots, and you have too much information about how they're not effective, how they're not safe, well that's an infodemic, and that could undermine public trust in the institutions.
1: Or a conspiracy theory.
0: They, so they like that, that phrase, too. that is <laughs> going to be misinformation, disinformation. That is part of their infodemic. Mm. So in America, in the aftermath of the COVID-19 crisis, several sources showed the rise of censorship industrial complex, as we call it in our brief. And that is very serious. This kind of censorship frankly, I think cost lives Absolutely. because people needed the right information about treating COVID, alternatives to COVID, the shots and so forth and so on. And that was censored and people's lives were directly impacted. Amen. For more information, go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. That's lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org.